Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. The Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Oh, good morning. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Presented by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Want to welcome you in. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Got Blake Scott with me. Tom Luganville will stop by at 8.30. Talk some college football. Stephen Head, uh, former All-American first baseman for Mike Bianco. Now Los Angeles Dodgers scout. We'll stop by at 9.15. They'll both join us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Had a big sports day yesterday. Mississippi Braves ballpark. M Braves. Um, I guess I was out there for an hour and a half, two hours. No, I got out there early before the game. So, I guess that was two hours. And then, um, boom, U.S. Open and then Oklahoma and on, on television, obviously. And then Oklahoma and a and uh, sorry Oklahoma Notre Dame uh, last night, but we've got Ole Miss and Arkansas tonight. Winners bracket College World Series. Before that, you'll have your War Eagle, Auburn Tigers, against the Stanford Cardinal. And uh, this is Hunter Elliott. So Hunter Elliott's going to throw tonight, and he is the uh, freshman phenom out of Tupelo, who. Um, Kind of when they dropped him in the starting lineup along with Delucia, gave him uh, a phenomenal one-two punch to go. And um, Delucia was was the man of the weekend. And now Hunter Elliott goes against Arkansas tonight. And they asked Hunter Elliott, the Ole Miss pitcher, uh, was asked about the Arkansas fans and the Woo Pig chant. This is what he had to say. I would say 
rather than trying to tune them out, make it to where they don't do it as much would be better. So if you if you allow less runs, you won't hear it as much is what I, I kind of figured out. Uh, the less home runs, the less runs you allow, the less whoop eggs. <laughs> Go Hawks. Yes, sir. All right, so uh, will Sam Pittman and Lane, Lane Train be in attendance tonight? Lane Kiffin getting a little screen time in Ole Miss's game Saturday night. Did you see how they of course. announced him? He's uh, uh, it's not not Lane. Sorry, Lane Kiffin not the only one. Are you talking about Peyton Manning? Time. Peyton Manning, yeah, Eli's Eli brother? Manning's brother. Yeah. Love it. Thought that was funny. Love it. Lane and Lane and Peyton were sitting pretty close. Yeah, maybe a little chit chat back and forth. Tennessee tie there. Yeah, Lane spent a year in Knoxville. And oh, obviously, I, Peyton spent four years. I thought it was because Peyton was going to be OC at Ole Miss. That too. Bring that, in Arch. Is that how you bring in Arch? That could make it. That could probably work. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. Or you could hire Cooper. Oh, as the OC. Um, I think you want to win a national title, though, don't you? Shots fired. Farm Bureau Insurance call in line six zero one seven zero seven thirty seven fifty. Twitter handle at Bow Bounce. Presented by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck Spray and Battle Liners Lift Kits. Rick'sProTruck.com. And then hit us up on the text line. That's Ag Up Equipment John Deere Tractor Text Line 601-885-3776. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Open. Uh, it was a, I know it wasn't the names that you wanted, but it was unbelievable. Um, you know, the last 9, 10, 11, 12 holes, he wins. And uh, our U.S. Open coverage today brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. That is Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Before you go to Live Oaks Golf Club, you want to go to Edwin Watts Golf Shop across from the Hilton Jackson on County Line Road. And uh, they'll get your golf game in gear before you hit Live Oaks Golf Club. Uh, another, so, you know, this Bianco thing is, the, the whole story is worthy of, like, a series. It is. You know, you start off the season with all the expectations. You start off hot. You go to number one. You fall off the cliff. You build it back together with Dilution, Hunter Elliott, and Graham gets healthy. Okay? I mean, that, this is what happened. Graham went out. They were trying to figure out the order. They finally did. Kudos to Mike and the other two assistants, uh, Clement and Lafferty. Um, and so it was kind of a the trio thing. Graham got healthy. Dilution, Elliott are the one-two punch that you need. And you already had the talent on the, the roster and a veteran-laden team. And then now you're in Omaha in the winner's bracket. And it's just one of those remarkable, remarkable stories where the overwhelming majority of our listeners thought Mike Bianco was gone. Yeah. Done and left for dead. He went from dead man walking to full contract extension. And he'll, if he wants to, he'll finish his career in Oxford. It's, it's extraordinary. It's just part of, uh, it's all the, again, it's all the stuff that you, you eye roll. You got to finish it out. You got to play it out more times than not in life. You got to play it out and finish it out. And if you do, even even if just a little something momentum starts happening, right? And, and you get the fire started, you're, you're not able to get. You know, you can't get it going, can't get it going, can't get it going, and then all of a sudden you get it going, and things I don't want to say fall into place because 
they all had to work through it. But Graham getting healthy, Dilution, Elliott, one-two punch, the rest is history. And maybe some poetic justice for Mike Bianco, who at different times in his career had potentially better teams or teams that were in better positions at times heading into the postseason that then ran up against, you know, buzz saws, right? And so things have lined up well for Mike Bianco in who he's gotten to play, where they got seated in terms of going to Miami, which was one of the weaker national seeds, and then going to Southern Miss, which obviously was a huge talent disparity, and getting to play, you know, a couple hours from home, you know, very easy on Ole Miss. Uh, I think some people might say, oh, you know, Ole Miss has had a easier-than-normal path to Omaha, and what I would say is Mike Bianco will tell you, hey, I put my dues in to get an easier yes, path, right? Yes, would. I've, I've, I've played the Texases I've, and the Virginias. And Miami. And, the, my, and when, when they, they were really When good. they were rolling, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so now, you know, I, we're not going to... I had com- to go to Arizona last year. Yeah, we're not going to complain that things have fallen well for us this year because we've had years where they didn't fall for us. Um, and every program goes through that. Sometimes you just need things to break your way. Yeah. And if you're prepared... Mississippi and, State had a ton of things break their yeah. way. If you're now, prepared and you're ready, you do that. Some things went against... I mean, Vanderbilt didn't have to play a game that they should have played. That was a tremendous advantage for the Vanderbilt Commodores going into the National Championship Series. But there were other things that happened along the way. Especially, you know, the Notre Dame Super Regional where Notre Dame kicks the ball all over the field in game one. Yeah. When you really weren't playing that well. Yeah. And then out in Omaha, you know, you had some some things happened that were, and, and some guys step up. It's just part of it, yeah. That uh, had not been a big big factor for you. And we'll see throughout this who that is for Ole Miss because now they've they've got the through game of one. Tanner Leggett. Yeah, they got through game one easily. And really, that's been the story of Omaha is that unlike last year where it felt like every game we had overtime games, every game was down to the wire. This year, our closest game is three runs. Everything has been, we've had Arkansas blow out Stanford, Ole Miss blow out Auburn, wow. Oklahoma blow out A&M, A&M blow out Texas, Oklahoma beat Notre Dame by four runs and it wasn't that close to begin with. <laughs> I, I just, you know, every game has been lopsided one way or the other. Can Ole Miss and Arkansas provide us tonight with that matchup that we really say, okay, two marquee teams on the marquee stage? I think it could. Yeah, oh, I do too. I, I think it could. Absolutely. Uh, Rebs Hogs, 6 o'clock tonight. Winner's bracket, CWS. Good morning. Welcome in. Uh, Our College World Series coverage brought to you by your next Ram truck or Jeep Grand Cherokee at Mack Hike and Flowood. MackHikeFlowood.com. Check out all their pre-owned inventory. And they're loaded up. MackHikeFlowood.com. You're in the market for an SUV or truck. The Out of Bounds Show is driven by Mack Hike and Flowood. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. show is also brought to you by the amazing steaks at Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Tom Luganville, 830. Stephen Head, former Ole Miss All-American, 915. Good morning. Welcome in. Our friends at Intergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Intergy, we power life. 
Mississippi Braves and Braves put on a clinic with their Bloody Mary action yesterday at the M Braves ballpark. Beautiful. Beautiful ballpark, beautiful day to catch some uh, some baseball yesterday. Good morning. Welcome in. Rebs, Hogs tonight, uh, winner's bracket of the College World Series. And an hour from now, we'll have Stephen Head on the show. Uh, All-American at Ole Miss, and he'll join us. He's now with the L.A. Dodgers. He's a scout, and he'll weigh in on this uh, magical ride out of Oxford. Isn't it funny? Mississippi State 2013 advanced further than they ever have. And they go to the National Championship Series. The next year, Ole Miss in 2014 goes and wins two games and advances um, into the CWS and uh, to a place that they had never been. Fast forward. Mississippi State wins the National Championship in 2021. Uh, their first. Ole Miss now back in 2022 wins their first game. And they're in the winner's bracket against none other than Dave Van Horn and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah. Mike Bianco 1-0 for the first time in Omaha. I thought he went 2-0 in 2014. No, they lost their first game and then won two. And then they won two. And then they lost one. Got it. That was eight years ago. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I just happened to look at it. I did not realize that. Yeah. So they they lost 1-1? In the winner's bracket now. Lost. Okay. Now, Now they're headed to... The promised land if you win tonight. And and for our listeners, we talked about the uh, shortened um, new scheduling format, which takes a day off, out, excuse me, off, and uh, really bumps up the whole thing. Um, kind of crazy. But I, I, I get it. I mean, I get both sides. It, um, it does make you want to ask the question, and this is in no way like, because obviously you win, you want to win. At the end of the day, winning is winning. You figure out the rest after you win, right? But it does make you wonder if the decision to leave Dylan Delusia in as long as he did and pitch as much as he did, how like how much more can you get out of Dylan Delusia between now and Monday if you were to play till the final day of a national championship? It's right? a great question with the abbreviated, with the new scheduling format. So from he pitched on Saturday, Monday would be the final game of the finals. That's a week and two days. Can he pitch two more times? That feels like a stretch, right? Uh, you drop him on I guess what, Thursday my, and Monday? Can you? How much can you get out of him on Thursday and then turning around? Thursday short rest, Monday. It, it no. just makes you go, wow, the, the, ter- the World Series we thought was difficult, and it was it feels like it's even more difficult now because what Will, what Will Bednar did just a year ago, pitching three times, I don't know if it's possible anymore. And because Mississippi State got two days off after they won. Yeah. And then he's still got another day off because they didn't pitch him that Friday against Texas, right? No, which so, is smart from Lamonis and Correct. Foxall. You can't do that now if you're Ole Miss. Even if you win today, you only get one day off and then you got to win one of the next two. And if you use Delucia to win one of the next two, you do you have him at all in the World Series Finals? It just shows you every little thing matters in the College World Series. Every management decision. And the every, championship yeah. will start on Saturday instead of Monday. Like That's right. Last year. And it'll finish on Monday instead of Wednesday. I think it's so much smart. You get Saturday and Sunday for two games. Yeah. Much smarter. 
Even if you have to finish on a Monday, that's okay. Yeah. The basketball and football championships are on Mondays a lot of times. You can handle one game Monday. Sure. All right. Fair enough. I like it. Ole Miss is in the driver's seat, but boy, this game, I mean, it just, the difference in winning and losing tonight is, like it's like having Alabama's roster and having Vanderbilt's roster. That's a, it, there's just no difference. Yeah. Or in baseball, either way. <laughs> either way. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so I, I want to get into, do we have time to get yeah. into this article? Absolutely. All right. So the question is, with, with SEC football, you know, Blake was making an argument before the show that, you know, something's got to give in the East and the West. One, I don't, I don't think we're going to keep the division. They may not now go to pods. It may just be one conference mm-hmm. with the one plus seven and the best two play in Atlanta. But uh, what what were the odds referenced from? Bovada or somewhere else? Uh, no, they were just SEC. It was uh, Mike Bratton with SEC Network. or, or uh, They dropped like the, the, I guess, power odds, power ranking odds okay. of, of how your chances to win the conference. Okay. Alabama's 84%, Georgia's 89%. And and Georgia that feels low. Right. Who's going to beat them in the East and also go undefeated? But who can really challenge either one of them this year? Now, if if LSU gets their act together, they can. If Florida gets their act together, they can. So then then it becomes a four-team race. But right now, as you go into the 2022 season, you don't think that there's anybody that can go 8-0 or 7-1 on either side other than Bama and Georgia. Yeah. And now, can they be beat? Absolutely. Could could Florida get them in the cocktail party? Yes. Will it be easy? Of course not. Will Georgia be the favorite? Absolutely. But, I mean, A&M beat Alabama last year. Right? I mean, did that, a- that A&M team was a Gator Bowl team. Eight and four. Okay? <laughs> so, so can Florida get Georgia? Yes. Uh, will it be extremely difficult? Yes. Could Bama lose? One, yes. One game, maybe? I, you know, they get A&M at home, and I, and I would think that, that Nick Saban is is not going to take his foot off the gas. So, I expect Bryce and the offense just to stay on the field (laughs) and throw (laughs) all during the fourth quarter. Yeah. Who else can challenge Bama? Again, this is another year where we don't get Bama and and Georgia um, in the regular season. So, who else can really challenge Bama? I don't know anybody outside of A and M who has the talent profile and the setup. Let me setup, go it right? another way: Is anybody going to be single-digit dogs against Bama, or will everybody be double-digit dogs against Alabama? And should I even go Georgia? I'm trying to think through this real quick. Tell me who Georgia plays yeah. Oregon. I mean, no, exactly. Uh, and I mean, Dan Lanning had no business being hired, but he was Kirby's DC, this, so that means you. It's it, these ads do the same thing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, for the last 14 years, we've done the whole, I'm going to hire a Saban coordinator. Now we're going to do this whole dog and pony show with a Kirby Smart coordinator, which, by the way, for our listeners, uh, Todd Monken and Bill O'Brien, 
Um, they're in tier three yeah. as offensive coordinators. This is how good these rosters are. Those two guys are tier three offensive coordinators in the Southeastern Conference. And we fully expect for them to go to Atlanta to play each other either undefeated or 11-1. and one. Yeah. So let me say that again. The two schools have tier three offensive coordinators. And yet, we're not sure that they'll play a game where they're a single-digit favorite. I think Kentucky will be the, the closest team to Georgia in the East. Not Florida? Yeah. Interesting. It's going to take Napier to... There's too much work to get the, to get where they need to go. And Kentucky, with the quarterback that they have in Levis, they feel very confident in what they're putting out on the field. My point of that is not to talk up Kentucky. It's to tell you where the state of the East is for Georgia. Okay. I think you're wrong because Mark Stoops and evidently this offensive coordinator that they hired who... Bartu has not last. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, wow. Well, it, I don't think UK will score more than three to six points against Georgia. Still might be the second best team in the East. <laughs> but And I do think Napier will be able to scheme some things and, and score some against the Georgia Bulldogs. Tom Luganville coming up next on the Out of Bounds show. Powered by Farm Bureau Insurance, bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Good morning. Welcome in. Rebs Hogs tonight in the winner's bracket. Stephen Head stops by at 9.15 today. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. This is the SEC Insider presented by your local Farm Bureau Insurance Agent. Go local. Go with a home team. Uh, the official truck of the show, the Ram truck at Mack Hike and Flowood. MackHikeFlowood.com. Um, go to the site right now. MackHikeFlowood.com and you can see um, their outstanding pre-owned inventory of trucks and SUVs. MacHikeFlowood.com. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. You're listening to the Out of Bounds Show. We welcome in our friend, uh, former Power 5 quarterback. He's been with ESPN for over 15 years. National college football analyst Tom Luganbill joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Luke's, you doing well, buddy? 
I'm doing fantastic, man. I actually, um, I've been on the road a little bit uh, the last 10 days or so with my son going to camps and combines. And as much as I love my job and the uniqueness of my job, I find that I, I'm always seem to be evaluating everybody else's kids <laughs> and don't get to see my own very often. And so, um, I, uh, you know, I've only seen my son's going to be a junior. He was on the varsity last year as a sophomore and he's, I've only seen two of his games since he entered high school. And so we, we hit a bunch of camps and, uh, and uh, let him have some fun and, and went on the road, uh, you know, two to three different places. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was actually a really good dad moment, uh, considering it was uh, Father's Day yesterday, by the way. Happy Father's Day to you. You too, my man. I bet that was fun the last couple of weeks, considering yeah. you're always hopping on a plane and uh, and miss most of the games. Um, what was what was the most fun place that y'all hit the last couple of weeks? That's a great. That's a great question. So to answer that question, I kind of get to give you a little more background on him. So he is probably an FCS level every down player as a rush end, maybe three technique. Um, but he's actually a very, very gifted long snapper, um, potential power five level long snapper. So he's trying to weigh like, all right, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to pursue just the long snapping thing exclusively and go to a, you know, maybe a bigger program or do I really want to play and, and, and do both? So we hit App State, um, which is fantastic. Uh, as I've said for years, that campus. It's, it's, it's the Boise State of the East. Yeah, it's the Boise State of the East Coast. Uh, we went to Wake Forest Specialist Camp on Saturday. Uh, went to Gardner-Webb. He got offered at Gardner-Webb, which is an FCS program, as an, uh, a defensive lineman and a long snapper. That's awesome. Uh, went to Eastern Kentucky, uh, got offered as a long snapper there, and they're going to track him as an every-down player. And then we went to Furman and uh, are going to finish up at Elon in July. So, you know, I've always – I tell parents all the time, the number one thing you have to do in recruiting is look in the mirror and, and admit to yourself what level of player that you are. Because once you've done that, now you can focus your attention on the, the right programs to pursue that may actually have an interest in pursuing you. And at least that part of it is already figured out. And what you just said is the most difficult thing to do for a parent, Tom. Yep. Oh, so hard. I mean, it's so hard because, listen, I, I get it, Bo. Every, we all want to be a Power 5 player, right? right? We all want to play in a Power 5 conference. But there's a reason why there are multiple levels of college football because not everybody's been given that God-given ability to play at that level. That's why we have the Group of Five. That's why we have the SCS in Division Two, and Division Three, even down to, to NAIA. And figuring that part of it out, you can really, really streamline the process and accelerate the process if you're not wasting your time pursuing programs that have no interest in pursuing you. Ah, great point. Oh, this is fun. All right, Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst, also head of recruiting at ESPN, joining us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. He's going through it with his son, who will be a junior in Charlotte uh, this upcoming year. And I've been I've I've watched the videos for years that that Lugs has uh, uploaded, and he got in on this this long snapping thing several years ago, which was really smart. And uh, and we'll see how this plays out. What high school does he go to, Tom? He goes to Weddington High School. We're in South Charlotte. It's one of the more prominent uh, programs in, in the state. Uh, that's where Will Shipley, the running back at uh, oh, yeah. Clemson, uh graduated yeah. from. And, you know, they've won, they won three of five 
state championships and then uh, made it to the quarterfinals last year. Dang. And uh, so he, he's at a very, he's at a good program where there's a lot of diff, uh, discipline, a lot of accountability, a, a high expectation level. So they get a lot of recruiting foot traffic because coaches know that if you go through there, you're going to get kids with, you know, good grades and they're, and, and they've got, you know, goals and, and they've been well coached. And, you know, that's the other thing, too, in, in this whole recruiting thing. And I used to talk, you know, whether it was, you know, an Urban Meyer or, you know, Nick Saban or, you know, whoever, Pete Carroll. One of the things in player evaluation that you do pay attention to and it gets glossed over is what type of program do you play for? Do you play for a program that's successful? Do you play for a program where they're hard on you? Do you play mm -hmm. for a program where you might have to bide your time and work yourself into the rotation, or do you just up and transfer because you're not playing? Like these are all things that go into the evaluation of a player. So from a high school perspective, if, if you, if you've got one of those programs, it's a championship level program, you at least know when you go in to recruit a kid, I don't care what level he is, that that kid's probably been pushed. He's been strained. He's been tested. He's probably been coached hard and then he's expected to perform. And that's a big, big part of the equation. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, all right. So App State is beautiful. Boone is, uh, yes. you know, I've been there a couple of times. Uh, I actually stayed a week there no once, doubt. and it's just gorgeous. I haven't. So I've been to Wake Forest a couple of times, but it, mm -hmm. it has been a while. I thought it was a beautiful campus. Uh, is it still still a pretty cool place, Luke's? Not only, yeah, not only is it cool, but it's, it's one of those places that's a little bit like Kentucky in the sense that the job that Dave Clawson has done there has been so exceptional. And then what they have done as, as he's built and developed the program, and to be honest with you, you got to go back to, 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 to guys before him that were, were very, very, uh, you know, successful uh, at, at elevating the, the, the program. But what he's done is he's sustained a level of consistency. He is, he's produced bowl games, bowl wins. They won the division a, a year ago. I mean, they, they've made incremental improvements. And what the university has done, and this is why I compare it to Kentucky, is the university has then, in turn, invested along the way because they're seeing results, right? So, you know, they, they just completed a brand-new football operations center within the last oh, good. two years. It's football only. They didn't have that before. Well, why did they get that? Because they started winning, and they started becoming uh, more prominent. Well, now all of a sudden, the arms race and that gap between them and everybody else in the conference isn't as wide as it used to be. You know, they don't have the biggest stadium in the world, but they've made huge enhancements to the stadium that they do have. And so Dave Clawson deserves a ton of credit, and the university in turn has followed suit by supporting either financially or through facilities upgrades or through resources, whether that's staffing or, or money or, you know, manpower, whatever that may be. So Wake was, was, is, is, is a, a good place, obviously a small enrollment, tough place to win at. Uh, that's why it's one of those, that, that's one of those coaches where you just say, how is everybody not knocking on this guy's door every single year to lure him away from that spot? Because if you can win there at the, at the level that he's won, and his proof in the pudding of developing players, uh, there's very few people out there that have done it to the level he has. No, you're right. Lawson's done a wonderful job. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show in the Corona Premier guest line. Um, are y'all going to hit any more camps this summer? Or are y'all done? Uh, we've got we've got Elon in July. So okay. Elon, uh, okay. you know, an FCS program up here just outside of Raleigh. 
That's a hop, skip, and a jump for us. That's the one thing, too, about this state. Of, I'm, I'm in North Carolina, and there are other states like this, but when you start to break down states and you start to look at their prospect pool, you also have to look at, all right, what, is, what are the interests within that state? Is it a basketball state? Is it a football state? Is it a golf state? Is it a NASCAR state? If you come out of the womb, do you automatically have an allegiance to one program or another? Like you would have, let's just say, in Mississippi, or you would have in the state of Alabama, or you would have in the state of Georgia. The state of North Carolina, which makes it really unique, is that it's a basketball and a golf and a NASCAR state. So kids from a football's perspective, they're free game. They don't come out of the womb saying, okay, I want to go to North Carolina in football. They might say that in basketball, all right? That might be their dream in basketball. What's happened is you have a ton of really, really good football in what I call a non-allegiance state, which means those kids are free game for Virginia, Maryland, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, West Virginia, Virginia, all these areas to come in. I mean, you take it like Todd Gurley, all right? He was a North Carolina kid. Clemson has raided that state for years. Alabama's gone and raided that state for years. Maryland and Virginia, Virginia Tech have gone into North Carolina. That's where Mac Brown has kind of changed the landscape because he's been there before. He knows it's good football, and he's got to keep all those good kids from not going somewhere else. I mean, name another state um, in our country from a college football perspective that has four power five schools within the 90 minutes of each other. Yeah. I I mean, it's crazy. And that's not counting East Carolina app state. um, Let's just say uh, UNCC Charlotte or UNC Charlotte's now going to be heading into the American. You've got a bunch of HBCUs. I mean, the, the state is so oversaturated with universities and so that's why you see a lot of other prominent programs, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, otherwise, they go into Carolina because they know a kid's not just completely that makes dialed sense. in on one school that he's wanted to go to since he was born. Sure. Right. And boy, Clemson going in there has been smart the last decade. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show. All right. So that, that takes me to uh, – I want to talk quarterback competition Um Mike Leach said a couple of things last week that it's going to be a QB one competition in Starkville between Will Rogers and Sawyer Robertson. Um, I don't believe him, but 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 I, I get why, I get why he's saying it to keep Will on his toes, and he wants him to have a great summer and so on. Um, now on the flip side, at Ole Miss, I do believe that we have a quarterback competition um, because I of course I never bought it. I, I think Jackson Dart could be wonderful, but Luke Altmaier is skilled. He is athletic. He is big. He can play. No question. I thought he actually, when given um, the opportunity, showed that he could play. I, it, this is going to – everything is is like uh, snow cones and rainbows right now for Lane Kiffin, okay? I mean, he's done a magnificent job. <laughs> the Ole Miss people are behind him. All this, you know, he just went through the Matt Corral deal. He took advantage of it. More power to him. That's what you're supposed to do in life. And so on. But, Tom, you know, they if they did this big NIL deal with Jackson Dart, like, you know, because that's kind of the, the big bear, big line in the room, and then you still have Luke Altmaier, yeah. and at the if, if we're three weeks into August and, and Altmaier's slightly, slightly better than Jackson Dart, and we're getting close and we're getting close to, I really wonder how this is going to play out, Tom. This is the danger of NIL. 
because you, what you're hinting at is the moment somebody invests in somebody and that guy's not playing or that guy gets beat out, guess who's knocking on the door? The people paying for it and they want answers. And they're saying, well, we, and not maybe in the sense of Jack and Dart, but maybe in the sense of a high school player, you know, we helped get this kid here. We were a prominent fixture in the recruitment of this young man. And why is he third on the depth chart or second on the depth chart? Or why is he only playing in a limited role? That's the problem is you start to combine external influences with the decisions that have to be made within the building for the betterment of the program and the decisions that are being made with an expertise on behalf of that staff to ensure you're putting the best team on the field. The people, those external influences, they don't know what's going on in that building. And so if you're Lane Kiffin or any other coach in America, your job, priority number one, is to put your best football team on the field each and every week. And you also have to have a real good pulse of how your team looks at, at their quarterback. How do they respond to the quarterback? Is the team resentful of one guy because it looks like he's been given something and hasn't had to earn it? Has a big NIL deal been afforded to some player? And then you have this other guy that hasn't played much, but every time you turn around, he's outplaying the other guy. You know, these are all little dynamics that can be positive, but they can also be very, very detrimental. And so I think Lane Kiffin's biggest challenge is going to be blocking out all the clutter and the questioning and the, well, why are we doing this or why are we doing that? If that type of, of discussion starts to come up, who knows? Maybe in their case, Jackson Dart just rides off in the sunset. He's clearly the best guy, and this doesn't become an issue. Um, but it's going to become an issue nationwide for multiple teams in multiple position battles because ultimately, if the best guy is not playing, you got a problem within your locker room. All right. And if the best guy is playing, but he's not the one with the NIL deal, you got a problem outside of your locker room. Mm -hmm. This is a coaching nightmare. I mean, how do you win? Right? Okay. And and if Altmeyer is not slightly better and it's even Steven, it's going to Jackson Dart because of what you did according to the word on the street with the NIL deal. I yeah. mean, that's where I am with well, it, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on top of that to protect yourself, and you're gonna do this anyway, but you really need to do this in the in the NIL uh era is solve for, for example i'll give you an example of my own personal experience and i know that everybody's doing this anyway but when i transferred to georgia tech i came in as a mid-year transfer at the junior college level into a program and a team that had a quarterback that had started the previous 11 games the year before all right so i knew going in that i had to beat somebody out and i was told if i decided to sign there i'd be given every opportunity to beat that person out so I knew that in order for me to beat that person out, I couldn't just be even with him. I had to be better than he was. And in some cases, head and shoulders better. Because I knew that everything that we did in the meeting room, in the practice room, whether we were doing film uh, tests for the moment, stuff up on the board, everything was getting charted right? Everything was being yeah. documented. Everything was being put in writing because the coaches have to have a way to say, hey, listen, this was an objective decision. We charted everything the quarterbacks did. We charted whether they overthrew a guy, whether they underthrew a guy. They, we charted whether they, he was accurate and made the right read, but the receiver dropped it. We charted red zone production. We charted third down production. We charted pressure and, pack, and blitz package production. And for the span of whatever it was, 15 days in the spring or almost 30 days in fall camp, 
you're going to document all that stuff because you have to. And especially in the NIL deal, because if you have somebody that beats out an NIL guy, it's going to, you are going to look like the guy that did the right thing and made the right decision because you documented everything every step of the way. Yeah. And you're really left with no choice but to do that. And it's also the best way to send a message to your kids that, listen, nobody's playing favorites here. We've, we've divvied up the reps. We gave you all equal opportunities. Sometimes you went with the twos and sometimes you went with the ones. Sometimes you started the day with the ones and you started the day with the twos. And then the next day we flipped that. That's all part of, of competition. And when you document it, you can protect yourself. All right, we'll wrap it up with this. Tom Lugan, Bill, on the Out of Bounds Show. As a former Power 5 QB, and you've followed Mike Leach for years, Will Rogers has now played uh, 19 or 20 games. He had no business playing early, but things happened. People got hurt. Life, football, okay? This is actually should yep. be his first year to play. But you are where you are. Now, the flip side is he's now repped out a ton and, and, and seen most everything and played really well at times. As a former quarterback, yeah. walk us through the difference between Will Rogers day one and now that he's played 19 to 20 games and been at the line of scrimmage through the checks and through the wars and on the road and all that in the SEC. He's not guessing. He's deciding. I think that's that's the thing. The younger you are, the the, the least exp less experience you have, you're not always sure, right? You think you might be right some of the time, and then you end up being wrong. You think you're dead sure on this, you end up maybe you should have gone another direction. And it's not because you're not capable. It's because you're not familiarized yet with all the little nuances and the little you know, technicalities that go into whether it's pre-snap production, post-snap production, uh, being decisive uh, in, in, in whatever progression that you're making. When you, and it, this is true for any sport and for any type of setting. And in football, it could be in a game, it could be in practice, or it could be in a camp and combine setting. You are not going to be as productive if you're not quite sure what you're doing. You're not going to be as fast, both mentally and physically, if you're not quite sure what you're doing. So when you eliminate the second guessing, you eliminate the lack of experience, you eliminate the things that you haven't seen before that you now have seen, all of a sudden you're moving at a rapid fire pace. You're making better decisions. You're making quicker decisions. You're also given more autonomy at the line of scrimmage. The coach is going to trust you more. They're going to feel more confident that if they're in a bad play, that you're going to check out of it and get into a good play. That's something that younger players really have a hard time with because you don't want to overload them early yeah, that's true. and ask them to do a ton of things. And now they're head swimming and they, they just can't be productive. And it doesn't matter how physically gifted they are. So like I said, you stopped guessing and now you're deciding. And I think that, that that's, that's a, a, a big part of the deal. I will say this, though. You remember that text I sent you last week? Yeah. Off of that, uh, I think it was an Athlons thing. And they went and they took a little snippets from anonymous coaches across the conference. And what did they say? I've been telling you for years. Uh, that he needed to run the ball more. I yeah. guess the three I mean, eight that, defense. That's the thing. And, uh, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna drop, drop eight, if you're gonna drop eight, rush three. You're gonna have to have some more. Uh, you're gonna have to be willing to do it because you got to take some pressure off of Will Rogers, right? And so uh, I think they're gonna be a good enough football team to compete each and every Saturday they go out. The question is, could they create a little bit more balance to maybe keep people on their toes and stop people from dropping eight all the time? Sure. You know, at the end of the day, you don't want to play man against them because they will eat you alive. Yes, they will. Uh, all right, last one. Um, 
If you had to bet a Tom Lugan bill on the Out of Bounds show in the Corona Premier Guest Line brought to you by Havana Smoke Shop, if you had to bet a steak dinner on Deion Sanders being at Florida, uh, sorry, no, at Jackson State in two years, I really think he's just going to dominate people with as much talent as they have, even with Eddie George and Hugh Jackson coming into the league. If you had to bet a steak dinner, Deion's at Jackson yeah. State in two years or at a Power Five school, which way would you go, Tom? Uh, I would go probably a Power 5 school. Now, where that would be, I don't know. If you ask me a year from now, would I be convinced of that on steak dinner? No. Two years? I think so. And, and listen, the, what he's got going on there, he has such advantages because he has the national media behind him. Sure. He has social media behind him. They've made a commitment to brand the program at every single turn, which he deserves a lot of credit for because you can't can't turn on the, inter- the, the computer. You can't Look at your phone if you're interested in college football and not see something about Jackson State. That didn't happen. Uh, that didn't even happen when Walter Payton was playing that. Right. So I think that he has advantages, and th- what happens with those advantages is you're going to get a, in the transfer portal, you're going to constantly upgrade your roster because if somebody's going to transfer down, guess where they're going to go? They're likely going to be – they're going to have a Jackson State in their top two or three that they're considering, and now all of a sudden your roster just continues to get replenished. question is how long did he stay there and keep doing that? Right. I just think they're going to be so much better than everybody else. Um, well, and keep in mind, too, his son at quarterback is not an FCS-level player. So they have huge advantages. That means I had graded him out as a, as a Power 5 player. Now, maybe not a, an Alabama or, a, you know, a Clemson sure. or an Ohio State, but certainly, you know, a uh, uh, Maryland, uh, South Carolina. I mean, he can, he, he can go. I mean, that kid's a player, so they got big advantages there, too. Yeah. We'll leave it there. I hope you have a great week. Man, I'm, I'm so excited that you and your son had uh, an awesome couple weeks hitting App State and Wake Forest and the other spots. And um, yeah, we'll talk next week. Thanks, buddy. All right. Sounds good, man. Take care. Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN on the Out of Bounds Show. So we, we hit college football recruiting, which was a lot of fun. As he's going through it with his son, and you know he's evaluated thousands of players over the years, which is pretty cool. And then we got into some uh, Jackson Dart and Luke Altmeyer and that battle in August. And then we wrapped it up with uh, Will Rogers today compared to a couple years ago. He's still young, and he's played about 18, 19 games, college football and I don't know, half of those in the SEC. Live in the Bank Plus studio, Stephen Head, Ole Miss Baseball, 915.